We're back. back. <laughs> so, what kinds of like how tos and graphics are you are you creating? I guess for the current time. So when everything kind of exploded, and I always refer to like the first two weeks of George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter movement really taking a hold because it's one of those things where, you know, Black Lives Matter has been going on for since Trayvon Martin, so 2012. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it really became like everyone kind of woke up to the movement around George Floyd. So during the first two weeks, I was upstate with my parents. For the listeners at home, I'm in New York currently, and I'm born and raised in New York, but my parents live a little bit upstate from the city. So I was upstate giving myself some breathing room from being quarantined when everything kind of went down. Um, When shit hit the fan, Uh I I was trapped between, you know, my parents not, with good reason, wanting me to go back to Brooklyn because they know their child. Mm. I would have been frontline fighting a cop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be like, excuse me, sir. Like, like I need an extra napkin, but I will body slam a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Move. Anyway. So what I did upstate with this restless feeling that I was feeling was I realized that others were feeling the same way. Obviously, the whole world was feeling something. So I saw people wanting to protest in small towns that, you know, again, I grew up in a small town, but Montgomery, New York, Middletown, New York, Walk Hill, X, Y, and Z, you know, of the Hudson Valley. And I had a service office, you know, I would make flyers, really basic stuff with a little bit of a design edge to make it feel real. And I, you know, I made them for social accounts and that's what I did for the protest. So um, I also had a thread go somewhat viral on Twitter where I highlighted um, black emo fronted band slash punk bands. Shit, I think I might have seen that. Oh my God. I probably did. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like, again, for the listeners at home, just to get a full picture of who I am as a person, I'm a recovering black emo kid. Yeah. <laughs> or like, when the world wasn't ending, I was going to shows every other weekend. I'm part of the quote unquote scene. If you dig up photos of my MySpace, you're going to see a lot of hair. Oh my God, yes. But um, the scene is something, and music is something that's really important to me. And I didn't know what else I could do other than, you know, sharing what other people have been saying. But it was like, what could I can contribute? What do I know about? And that's music. I might not know everything, but it's just like, wait a minute, I'm a part of this scene that means a lot to me, but I've never really seen people that look like me. I've never seen, you know, like maybe, I, you know, you can always look to like gym class heroes. You can look to, yeah, I, it's crazy. I'm trying to think of something that I grew up with that I could be like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can name two, maybe. Yeah. Gym class heroes and kill switch engage when they had Howard front that band. So I really was like, wait, this is a problem on my end too. Cause I haven't educated myself to the bands that are out there that honestly deserve a spotlight. So I took the time, I asked Twitter, I was like, hey, I want to start a thread. Hit me up with bands that are Black-fronted or people of color. And yes. people responded. And then I made little like things for Facebook and um, Instagram and things like that. Um, and I learned a lot of new fucking great music. Did you know that Ice Cube has a heavy metal band? Did not know. Nobody. Yeah, no. I know. Nobody told me about that. My whole world was shaken. Yes, sorry, I- <laughs> sorry to derail. I just thought you no, had to know. No, no, no. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it doesn't surprise me though. Maybe I once upon a time maybe stumbled on it, but like, yeah, yeah. 
but I learned about, I'm going to just name drop some bands because mm-hmm. like, honestly have fallen in love with these musicians and singers and everyone. So meet me at the altar. If you're looking for like fucking pop punk hype up music, listen to them. Um, Eyes Eat Sun, if you're into like Paramore sounding kind of things, Alliteration, Mint Green, Proper, Sleepy Dog. Like, guys, I have a playlist. Please share it. I will share it. I want bands. If you're in a band and you like, yo, I need people to open up or like, let's just share the fucking space. Yes. But like, why the fuck haven't I heard about these bands? They're really great. There was one other thing I made and it was a list of black owned bookstores and books that I felt could help children learn about what was happening. Yeah. The first three weeks I was just, when I wasn't doing work for work, I was just pumping out content that I felt could help and educate. That's amazing. The like tenacity. Yeah. That you have is really admirable. I mean, I completely wouldn't blame people who are just like, I can't do anything right now. So it's Mm -hmm. awesome that you're getting up and you're mobilizing and putting these things together for people. Yeah. And it's gone. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Um, No, It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing that you're using art to do this. Because I know a lot of people feel kind of stuck at home because maybe they're immunocompromised or maybe they're afraid or maybe there's a million reasons why they can't go out on the streets and protest. But Mm -hmm. that's just proof that you can be part of the movement and you can be an agent of change on social media using your art, using your hobbies. Like, that's brilliant that you took something that you're so passionate about and made it into a thread where like people can connect and educate that's just so cool because literally the other day i was thinking i was like i cannot think of any metal bands besides like system of a down and rage against the machine that have yeah people of color yeah. fronting them yeah and and it's wild because you're absolutely right no matter where you are during this time you can make a difference and i understand why it because i i'm always grappling with this too it's like you know i should be on the streets especially right now because new york has started protesting for portland as well mm-hmm. mm. i have things happening behind the scene that require me to not be in a crowd right now or to kind of risk because you know we we got hit with a double whammy this year you know um, yeah, yeah you guys got heavy with he- yeah. heavy with the pandemic <sighs> exactly you know we are we were the epicenter of the world yeah and now you know new york is doing so much better but you know we all kind of know that that could quickly turn around but also you know like you don't want to risk other people's health i was attending protests but there was that little bit of my dad like i don't want to put him at risk so how do i make change from home how do i make change from my fucking bedroom and that was all i could think of at the time and i'm happy that like with everything else being so heavy you know i knew making a list of bands or children's books that's not going to quote unquote change the world that's not going to solve the issues that we want to address Mm -hmm. realistically but representation does matter and i think you know people are more willing to listen through the arts yes maybe someone who might have been you know grew up and like they are surrounded by the worst people but they go to a show and they see a band and they speak a message that a white band just couldn't possibly do yeah maybe that causes some kind of change green day then made i'm not saying green day saw my shit but (laughs) i want to say i made my playlist first then green day made their playlist and then all press made their yeah yeah i've seen it pop up it was a definite trend yes you know like other people started shouting out other bands yeah 
what I'm going through right now is almost like I went maybe too hard to begin with. I don't know how to explain this, but yeah, I have this sense of burnout now where I don't know what is necessary to create. A hundred percent. And that's understandable. And that's honestly what this podcast Mm. is all about. And you also have to consider like your mental health and like you need a break, you know, you went really hard. And even if you hadn't necessarily like created anything, like even just the scenario, even just the situation right now is so emotionally devastating and draining. It's like, I would not blame anyone if they were like, I can't do anything right now. So like, take that time and rest and yes. And that's what I want to encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast. Just know you're not alone in that, especially if you're a black person of color creator right now, you're not, if you're not creating something right this second, it's okay. And it's something that like, I'm saying this, I'm not fully believing it myself because like, (laughs) it's hard. Yeah. But it's hard because like, I want to express myself. I want to create stuff that is going to make a difference, but I am so overwhelmed with the rest of the world waking up to what I grew up knowing, what others have grown up knowing, and now it's just like all of a sudden we are thrusted into activism or being called an activist. Yeah. And it's something that I'm happy about. I'm happy that people are looking towards me, asking me questions. How can I be a better ally? How can I do this? How can I do that? Totally. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I'm just That's a lot of fucking advice to give. You yeah. have 24 hours, you know, in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Less than that is waking hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially like when you are already emotionally exhausted. And like that's something that we were very cognizant of. Um, when we created list of questions and stuff, it's like we don't want the individual to feel like they have to speak on behalf of their whole community, yes. or be like the sole educator. Because like I get that yeah. I'm Hispanic, and when people ask you like, "How can I be a better ally? How can I do this? How can I do that?" You're just like, "I'm just one person. Like yeah. I don't know shit. Like I yeah. can barely put my pants on. Don't ask me things." Exactly. Like I'm still getting wine drunk in the middle of the, you know, like, it's like <laughs> yeah, you're still a person. Like, <laughs> you're still a fully functional person. Yeah. People looking up to you is a scary thing, and I, you get burnt out. I get kind of anxious if I'm not always posting about uh, what I'm trying to do now is like I'm using weekends for educational and yeah. me time absolutely mm-hmm. on the weekends you might see me at a park you might see me reading you might see me blah 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 having a drink with friends outside basically. yes you need to be a person you, you have yeah. that right I, w- I want to just plug and take your drinks to go guys no no one, no one's yeah. at a bar. No needs to be at a Amen. bar right now I'm sorry um but there's this weird guilt that comes along because you know everyone that's really going hard for this movement I see you and I appreciate you and you're filling in the gaps for people like me right now that are just trying to surface and breathe again because that's what it feels like I'm I've never been so anxious in my life because of everything else that is also going on you know pandemic being in New York all the fears that come with fucking being in my late 20s now yeah And and Caro, you also touched upon this. People will ask you, how do I be a better ally? Blah, 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 blah. And this is something, so before the world ended and I was part of a book club where I had people read um, the book Between the World and Me. And that's a book about the black male experience. Hmm. You know, my book club was pretty much all white passing women. And, you know, they were asking me all these questions and I had to be just straight up. My experience as a black woman 
with lighter complexion is different than another black woman who, you know, might have kinkier hair or, you know, it becomes a larger discussion. So the thing that I want to really drive home right now is that you need to listen to multiple voices. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a thing with my friends right now where it's like, you can always ask me a question. I'm not going to shame you for not knowing. I'm not going to belittle you for not knowing. Because I think that's another thing that at first I was like, how can't you know about this? Da 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 da. But it's also yeah. just realizing that, yeah, that's why we are in this position. It's because so many people don't know and we have to, we have to be patient with our allies to some mm-hmm. degree. People aren't going to get it right right away. Like, you know, I know there's a big discussion, like, do I say black? Do I say African-American? Do I, you know, like, we have to kind of realize that, you know, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And we're going to be helping and trying to make change for a long time to come. Got to pace yourself. And you have to, even as like an ally or even as someone, you know, directly affected and involved, you do have to take time to learn because that's just completely necessary. You can't expect yourself to be perfect from the get-go and learning is a part, I think, of the activism. I can't very well like participate or be talking to people, including my own family, without, without having some vindiction in my words, without having some things to back myself up. And I can't do that without listening to Black voices and I can't do that without doing my own research. So that's honestly a reason why we wanted to create the series as well is because we want to provide another resource so that people don't have to wear all their black friends out yeah they can just (laughs) listen to a recording of you (laughs) you know and other people as you said multiple perspectives yes and my perspective is valuable but it is so important again i can't stress it enough to just keep listening to voices don't just look Mm. for the friend that makes you the most comfortable that was something i addressed on twitter I can't be your comfort blanket. I know it's, I am easy to talk to because I have quote unquote white likes, or I don't know how to like phrase that right now. Again, I'm into punk music. I'm into emo music. I went to art. You're saying like typically white. Yeah. Yeah. Stereotypical. And that's something I've heard my entire life. Like, oh, you're not like them. You're not. Oh my God. And oh, we can dive into that. Yeah, that's a whole like, you're not black enough. You're not white enough. You're not all these things. Oh, I was called Oreo in um, high school, you know, and that's. And it's stuff that like at the time I'm like, yeah, you know, I I see, you know, clever, uh, uh," you know, until I started thinking about it critically, I realized that you know, and also having discussions with my father, because my dad is the reason why I like the music that I like. My dad is a very rock and roll kind of dude who, you know, grew up in the Bronx, New York, you know, had diverse people in his life. But he also grew up, you know, he liked the Rolling Stones because he liked hockey. Yeah, because he went to college when other people around him were, you know, not just because we like these things don't make us better. You respect me, you respect the person who listens to hip the old school hip hop, whatever, whatever, you know, I can insert anything. We all deserve to be respected. We all don't have to assimilate. I don't need to be different for yeah. the fucking respect that we all like, you know, deserve. Yeah. You don't deserve. have to be something other than what you, who are. you are. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I get that so much because I, I feel you like 100% because I don't have like stereotypically like, quote like cuban american interests like Mm -hmm. i don't listen to the same music that you would like think i would i can be white passing literally we were protesting and some Mm. dude like 
drove by and was like, you're all white. And Garrett was like, no, my roommates are like Hispanic. Anyway, yeah. derailing. But um, yes, no. yeah, so my experience is radically different. And I feel like people, unfortunately, don't see the individual when they look at yeah. people of color. They only see like stereotypes or they only see like a series of traits that they feel comfortable with. And then anything that goes outside of that, outside mm. of the other, is like, oh, you're white, you yeah. know? So yeah. it's just, it's so, it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. And it's so like, again, like you said, it's like a comfort thing. It's like, oh, because we don't want to understand so-and-so who listens to Nicki Minaj or, you know, insert any big rat. I'm just saying Nicki because Nicki having a baby. Congrats, Nicki. I hope you listen. No. Oh, did not know that. Congrats, Nicki. <laughs> We stand black women having babies. Let me just say, anyway. Yes. Uh, Amen. Amen. It shouldn't matter that I grew up listening to the Stones versus normal radio play or whatever. You know, no matter what, you don't need to be a certain way to be treated fairly. Yeah. yeah. What a thought, right? Just, yeah. Yeah. just treat people like individuals and treat them as people. Like, wow. They what don't need to thought. be like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. What a concept. Yeah. Speaking of your mm -hmm. voice and like your own perspective and yeah. you being uniquely you, how have you infused your own specific voice into your artwork previous to this? We don't expect you to just be like pumping yeah. out all the art in the world right now. Yeah. But previous to this, how has your perspective just naturally fallen into your art? I'm just gonna give a little bit of backstory because I love y'all. But when um I lived with Caro and you know I, I maybe first. <laughs> met with Garrett, I was very kitsch in my art. So I would do a lot of celebrity portraits. I actually kind of learned that I was good at illustrator by doing dead celebrity portraits of the 27 <laughs> club. I, you know, I ha always had like a morbid kind of, but like, let's make a cute kind of. I remember that series. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the emo in you. Right yeah. <laughs> but um, when I moved to New York, life kind of unfolded in ways that I didn't expect it to unfold. I started gearing my work to kind of show the anxieties I was feeling. I still do. I'm trying to think how to word this, but it was just like, I feel like I'm a person that a lot of people think have things together. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look at you and I'm just I'm like, like, damn, she's like <laughs> so put together. Like she knows her shit. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people have that view to me. And I'm like, I'm, I don't want to say I'm getting lucky because I, I know my talent has gotten me where I am today and the way I've been able to sell myself but there's a lot of anxiety especially you look at my art account now you you'll see like art revolving around love as these two know I went through a big breakup yes but it definitely changed me in ways because I had to fucking realize who I was again and I didn't know who that was for a while so yeah from heartbreak, from everything else, you know, I had a series of um, misfortunes happened in family and all that stuff. Somewhat. I feel like I know who I am now. I'm still figuring it out, as we all are. It's the anxieties that we all probably have every day of our life. Are we lovable? Will we find someone? Am I good at what I do? You know, will I ever become better? I don't know if that comes across my art, but it is a lot of what I do now kind of focused on that kind of thing um things I also focus on things I just find pretty in life yeah. but they're like they're more like quiet moments the last illustration I did and it was very quick but it was just like an illustration of me calling a friend 
and it's very like stylized you can't tell it's me but it's just like how are you doing just checking in on my friends and them checking in on me because that kind of thing during this time has meant the world to me just being able to just pick up the phone and call my friends and just be like are you anxious because I'm anxious (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh I was just gonna say like how are you feeling you know I know you said mentioned anxiety but how am I feeling (laughs) I'm feeling if I'm being honest it's probably teetering on numbness I keep saying I'm an emo kid I don't want to sound emo (laughs) (laughs) just embrace it just embrace embrace the emo there is so much going on and there's a lot of conversations happening and it just hit a point with me where a lot of my personal life and what is happening outside the world I can control were clashing I gave myself half a July to just kind of take take care of myself if that makes sense too or just like kind of give myself a break that I'm not the perfect resource right now I think that's what it is I feel like I am not Mm -hmm. the best resource for anything right now I'm using this time to educate but I'm also you know just taking the step back to realize who I am because Mm -hmm. before anything I'm me and then you know I am you know a black woman I am an aunt to beautiful black children and you know I want I had touched on this, like, I know my experience is different. I have experienced some fucked up stuff in my life. But I also realized that the things that my nieces and nephews with darker complexions than I, they will one day have that conversation my dad had with me and my brothers with how to act around police, how to be pulled over, how not to get shot, which I didn't realize it until I went to, you know, college not you know if you're not a person of color you don't get that talk not really maybe you do I mean you don't get that talk because of your because of your skin color you know so how am I doing I'm numb yeah but I'm also doing my best and I'm also trying to learn how to be kind to myself for the future because I'm here for the long fight I guess that's that there you go period period yeah of course yeah yeah. And I just want to like validate you do not have to be the perfect resource. Like any person of color does not have to be the perfect resource because like you're an individual, you know, you have vastly different life experiences. Even barring that, like you're a person, you're a human, like you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to have all the answers. That is why people need to hear from all kinds of different individuals and like allies need to fucking educate themselves. Like we live in a world where so much information is available to you right now. Like just fucking Google it. Like, so I would challenge allies to like the next time you want to ask like your black friend a question when they're already exhausted, like fucking Google it. Like, you know, (laughs) I definitely, I had to hold my tongue a few times, especially in those first two weeks where I felt like, and again, I was so happy to do this, but I feel like everyone and their moms were reaching out to me. Like, what do we do? And I'm just like, I like, here's my resources. Like I, I also, and I, I can't believe I totally forgot to mention this. During the first two weeks, I guess I kept, I didn't sleep the first two weeks. How the fuck did I do this? <laughs> I created a Black-owned directory that also had a um, section for petitions, donations, things like that. But it's um, a list of just Black-owned businesses, something that I feel like everyone can really do. Yeah. It's to spend your money wisely and know where your dollar is going. Mm-hmm. I am not a perfect ally. You know, I'm not a perfect anything, but... 
I feel like that is something that I honestly have taken charge of in my life. I know I stopped fast fashion stuff. You know, I, I found all these um, black makeup places and, you know, I see other people being vocal about them too. And it's just the small things that you can do and you can research on your own. Like if you just, I made the, that list of a uh, black owned bookshop. I'm happy I made the list, but you can also Google, you know, like it is like one of those things. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. You can, and I'm so proud of everyone making resources. I guess what I'm trying to let say is, and I'm, I'm trying to be nice about it, but there's no nice left here <laughs> is that there's no excuses anymore. They're really just, if you are still choosing Amazon over black owned or you're still supporting Jeffree Star. Yeah, I said it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whatever do you, but know that like there are alternatives out there. And again, I'm not going to sit here and guys, I hate Jeff Bezos just like everyone else, but I'm not going to sit here and say, I've never ordered something from Amazon, but we can be spreading that wealth to communities and people who need it, who aren't using slave labor, who are, will bring it back into communities. Totally. Yes. I have a question given that you are, very emotionally exhausted and tired and like need a break like Mm -hmm. have you found any art or any media or anything in the interim that has helped you personally doesn't have to be related to blm or anything but just like something that has been like a good crutch you know for a hot second it was solely music it was there was an album that came out um and it's called the anxiety and it's by willow smith and Tyler Cole. I listened to that album on repeat. I think they touched on everything that I am currently feeling right now. I know Willow has the manpower that she doesn't need a shout out. Willow's awesome. (laughs) You know, I wasn't ever like a huge Willow Smith fan, but this album means so much to me. But not only that, like I read a lot of webtoons. You know, that's a good way for me to recharge. That Black band directory really help me in a way the music I grew up with is important to me but no one could ever sing about the experiences that I went through or you know like the black experience more or less yeah, yeah. for a long time I was just listening to black bands speeches also help yeah just making playlists and just listening to that that would be my form of therapy for sure yeah. one last thing because like I keep dancing around this other thing that I, it's been such a turbulent time that I'm kind of like oh I forgot I did this getting back into art that is more hands-on has also helped me personally I'm a mixed bag of things I do photography on the side I also do some cinematography like in the moments that I felt defeated and just like I don't I can't look at my phone I can't look at Twitter like the world is always on fire and I'm on fire I would go and film some little things in my basement um the last time I talked to Caro and um Garrett I was late to the test shoot you know recording because I was shooting a music video in my um living rooms I that love, yeah. I love yeah. it <laughs> so, like, that kind of stuff kind of reminds me who I am outside of this movement because again I am so happy that I am looked up upon I am part of this movement but I am more than this movement too oh absolutely I mean yeah. I know that there's frustration surrounding the fact that it seems like black artists only seem to get attention when they're in pain yes it's super frustrating to see yeah if i can just give like food for thought maybe more 
I think the other thing that has helped me during this, this time as a Black artist is talking to my other Black artist friends. Even like, you know, my best friends, you know, like I have a lot of white, good best friends for a while. And even still now, I have trouble connecting with them because I just know the experiences that I am facing right now, they can't possibly understand. And I don't expect them to, you know, I'm not like, but literally they cannot understand it. And I'm proud of them for doing all they can to educate themselves. But the thing that is almost like universal with all my black friends and I is that we, again, we are tired and we are like, we want to make art, but we're tired in this moment. And will this art, whenever we get to it, will it still be important? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. What I want to say is that white allies, white artists, or when you see your black designer artist friends making the work that they want to be making for this movement, I don't want to say step aside, but make sure you uplift and listen. Mm. It's probably going to come later. You know, right now it's everyone's kind of looking and we're like, we want to make something, but uh, like everything's on fire. That's very like profound. That's amazing. And like speaking candidly, I walked into that issue of like, I want to do some form of art, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what would be effective. Am I overstepping? Like, so I've kind of been locked in this like inaction because I'm like, I just don't know what my place is right here, um, right now. And it seems really the smart or like the most caring thing to do is to literally just use my resources to give the stage to Black artists and Black voices. Yeah, so like just be aware. I think more than anything, just listen. Don't our Instagram feeds are going back to normal. I've been posting things that aren't politically charged, but the conversation is still there. Yes. It still remains and like still it will be here. It will be here past this year after Trump's out of office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going anywhere because I guess the elephant in the room is look at Portland. Like I can literally just say, look at your home right now guys look at at your fucking city dumpster fire city i'm watching portland and i'm just like this is cops on their best behavior like think about it the Mm -hmm. the whole world looking at us this was the best display our police had to give tear gassing rubber bullets being you know peaceful protests and all Mm -hmm. further beating them down yes i will not you know again everything else the fact that Black actors should play Black characters and um, voiceover things and stuff like that. That's all great. And I really want to have that um, conversation. I'm very passionate in the animation world. I'm very passionate in the arts, you know. But they're all cherries on top of a shit Sunday right now. Mm -hmm. I want the things that are literally killing us to be changed. And, uh, you know, I can't rest until that happens. I will because I have to take care of myself. Yeah, I yeah. derailed and I forgot where I was. <laughs> no, I oh, mean, you're good. It's, yeah, you're good. we just want to keep moving in the direction that you're moving in. And like, yeah, like this is about you. Like this yeah. is your thoughts and feelings. This is your conversation. Like we have some questions just in case, but like, yeah, yeah. ultimately oh. like this is you. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think that it's also important, as you were saying, to lift up Black voices. And I think that the whole Blackout Tuesday thing, I think that was a little bit of a scapegoat oh. for people to, like, go out of their way to say, I'm not going to say anything. Yes. 
whereas I think it is important to continue, maybe not you saying things, but to continue sharing resources. And if you find them, sharing them with whatever audience you have, if you find it helpful. I've also struggled as an ally to be like, I don't fully understand this resource right now. And I need to take the time to like fully break down what this is telling me. So I have like not shared that thing until I feel like I can speak on it, you know? Yeah. And Garrett, I, I will just, I can't speak for everyone, but I think you're doing the right thing. If you go onto my Instagram right now and you look at like all my saved things, they're all resources of things that I might not fully understand right now. Hell, yes. even when all of that blew up, I thought it was just about getting justice. And then mm-hmm. people told me we are defunding and we will abolish police. And I took a step back and I'm like, I didn't even know that, you know, it was like one of those things like, what do you mean? I was like, what? As it it continues to evolve. Yeah. yeah, You have to keep doing research. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I guess that's, and I, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I wasn't the only one who was like, what do you mean? How can we exist in the society without police? Yes. And then I really broke it down and I looked at the resources people were making and I was like, wait a minute, you're absolutely right. Like, where is this money going? It's not going to training police officers better or, you know, even if it is, it's not working, clearly. The police aren't doing a good job with their job. Yeah. (laughs) And we all, I know we all heard this. So-and-so the good cop. I'm going to say something slightly controversial. Slightly. I know there's good (laughs) cops. I do. But they are in a system inherently set up for people of color and black people to fucking fail and die at a rate that is so much more than you know our white counterparts yeah and until cops even the good ones acknowledge that fact there are no good cops i know a lot of people get into this job thinking they're going to be different thinking they're going to make a difference i just know like you know you you get run down so much that yeah you let so-and-so slide about saying some racist shit until people hold each other accountable there are no good cops and then yes I educated myself to the point that I realized that we might not need cops like we have right now yeah just keep speaking from a personal experience when I was younger um my mother had called for help with my brother who has a mental disorder and the cops you know you know thank god nothing major happened but you know there was no talking down there was no de-escalating the situation they arrested my brothers both of them because one was just trying to help and it was just easier to arrest two black kids you know and it's just one of those things where they were high schoolers you know they weren't there was no real threat even today when i um i'm at the beach today just you know like looking around and like just taking in the weekend and I just see I don't like so many police officers geared up riot gear you know fucking bulletproof vests and I'm just like we are at the beach like don't get me wrong America's scary we will talk about gun control in other podcasts um but it's just like that's that's the default argument it's like what are you going to do with a mass shooting i'm like why don't we address that you know we need to address it we need to address, yeah like you see where things fall apart and people are just putting band-aids or like oh but yeah. we need this because they don't want to deal with the actual work it would take to honestly fix it you know yeah like, absolutely i first of all i am 
so you know sorry that that happened to you like that's just very fucked up and I also what you were saying about that one bad cop or like bad cops good cops basically yeah like I found that interesting especially because like a lot of people don't know that the saying actually goes one bad apple spoils the whole bunch exactly (laughs) they think that one bad apple is one bad apple and they think that it's like a standalone thing but like the saying goes that that's what happens right and like when the system itself is fucked yeah like it doesn't matter if you're a good cog or a bad cog it's like the system's still fucked yeah you're (laughs) still in the machine yeah exactly 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 and again until we address the fucking elephant in the room Mm -hmm. there are no good cops it's even like being an ally like if you're going to post all these things online and not stand up for black people when it matters or when it's not convenient to you then you're not a real ally you know malcolm x said it best like the white liberal is honestly as scary as the cops Mm -hmm. yeah and don't get it twisted i know there are plenty of people who want to do the right thing but i know there are a lot of people just doing this for just to seem woke to build their engagements people going to protests taking fashionable photos and then promptly leaving the protest yeah i'm hoping that culture changes a lot i personally don't give a fuck about influencers anymore right yeah i think this year has really changed what the fuck i care about in terms of what media i'm consuming who am i following on social media i know i I bashed him before i watched a little bit of shane dawson and uh jeffree star's videos and then you know i became aware of the damage they've done yeah and i'm not here to like you know like have a conversation about that because you know whatever you feel about that you feel about that but Mm -hmm. It's realizing that these two have such a big platform and they are harming a community. Like, there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. They're just harming the communities that they are supposed to be championing. So it's like, yeah, so why would I give you a view? Why would I pay for your palette? I won't do that. And, like, if you're honestly changing, cool, but you're still just not going to see money from me until I either fully believe it, which I don't think I will ever feel for those two, but you know what I mean? Like, you can't just be saving face to sell your product and like we can smell bullshit a mile away oh yeah yeah i've always felt to some degree kind of that's such a great quote by malcolm x that the white liberal is just as scary as you know i've always felt sometimes that like some white liberals are very performative yeah in what they do and say but when it comes to actually listening to like the opinions of the people that they supposedly represent Mm -hmm. it's just like oh you don't know better because you've just been brainwashed and da 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 like it's not about the person of color it's about that white person i don't know how else to say but getting clout i guess like just fucking and and maintaining power it's maintaining exactly carl it's It's all about the power we're a political prop we could use joe biden we really can because like Mm. your girl's voting for joe biden but let like yeah Yeah. Yeah, voting for skeletal yeah Um, but you know, like you're not black if you vote for Donald Trump. Like, first off, you're not the authority to tell me what the fuck mm. I am or not, Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Uh, oh my God, he said. Th- oh, yeah, he said. You're, yeah, he said you must not be black or what? something like that. To like, yes, fuck. yes, that yeah. actually happened. And I also have yeah. the actual uh, quote by Malcolm X. The direct quote is: "The white liberal is the worst enemy to America and the worst enemy to the black man." 
But in that speech, it's just talking about what we're currently talking about is that when Black voices and Black money helps elevate a white voice, they're using it for clout. They're using it for their own fame and gain. They don't really care about your lives or my lives. They just want our money and they want to stay on top. Um, And that's what Malcolm X is really focusing on in his speech. Again, I will link Caro and Garrett to um, all my playlists that I made because I made a pretty good speech playlist too hell yeah excited me too (laughs) i i i hate that i keep harping on him but like again jeffree star released his apology video this week um i do work in the world of social media so i did you know i had to know a little bit of what was going on and it was just a big advertisement for him and it was one of those things it really was it was like he plugged his new makeup that's coming in august jesus yes you know, he doesn't address what he did wrong. He just says, I know I've been wrong in the past. And it's like, I think that's another lesson for allies too, because when people honestly take accountability, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this girl from my high school that apparently dressed up like a KKK member, not saying that's, you know, a forgivable offense, but she didn't hide from it. Like someone called her out. Like there's a big thing about my old high school and all the racist stuff that has happened there and what has happened there in the last year. Like a lot of kids have come up and really vocally said, this is a problem and it's happening in your schools. But there was this incident that I didn't know about that my sister put on blast. And the girl was like, I did this. This was my background. It does not excuse what I did. And I will live with this for the rest of my like life. But know now that I am educating myself. And that's the kind of apologies that I want to see. I don't want to see yeah. half ass, half fake. Jeffree Star called YouTuber a gorilla. He said the <laughs> N word. Let's oh talk about God. it. Let's talk about it, you know? Yeah. Oh my um, God. I don't follow Jeffree Star and yeah. like I've never like worn his makeup or anything. So I'm yeah. like not super keyed into the whole, but holy fuck. They it, have an awful background, yeah. Holy yes, shit. they have an awful background. If he wasn't such a bad guy, he would be entertaining. Like, I won't lie. I'm like, yeah, like, there's something about him that I'm drawn to because I'm, like, into the extravagant nature of makeup and drag, that kind of world of just, like, being extra. Yeah. Right. But Jeffree Star is a cancer, and I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Preach, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I keep using it because it's the most hot topic thing that I can think of off the top of my head right now. Um, But yeah, just be very wary of people. I I know a lot of your listeners. I know a lot of people out there. They're smart. You can smell bullshit a mile away. If it smells like bullshit, dig a little deeper and kind of Mm -hmm. figure out like, all right, what's the motive here? And if there is no motive, you got yourself an ally. But if someone's not willing to like budge, to you know make room for black artists or anything then take that as a red flag yeah absolutely and that's such a great thing to like highlight yeah Yeah. i totally agree and like i think that's a perfect way to to like cover allies and like Mm -hmm. to just like to talk about what you can do and you know what you should do which is to amplify the voices and then what you shouldn't do which is to like continue trying to hold power being an ally is not about saving face and proving that you're like not racist or whatever it's about like genuinely caring about minorities and like people like people of color black people like people who are not you yeah like wanting to give up your power essentially and give Mm -hmm. power to these communities yeah it's not like well i'm not racist because i do yeah it's like 
because that that's stemming from a place of like ego but the reality is we are all in some way shape or form racist because we grew up in a racist fucking society exactly our media is racist our teachers are racist everything is fucking racist so of course we're gonna internalize that shit so being an ally is not about not being racist because you're racist bro like you're fucking racist like i'm sure i'm racist i'm sure i say all kinds of dumb shit it's about elevating those people who have been wronged yeah and loving them as you would like your own brother and sister yeah yeah and making the effort to like unlearn i saw a video Mm -hmm. of it's not even just people who aren't black that are that are taught racism by the society literally Mm -hmm. i just watched a video of a black person saying this um and he was like yeah like people would come up to me white and black my siblings have green eyes and i don't have green eyes and they would come up to me again white and black and say they have such pretty eyes like why didn't you get the pretty eyes yeah like and he just has like these you know dark eyes and he's just like from the age of seven i don't even know who i am right now Mm -hmm. um you are basically not teaching me that i don't have green eyes you're teaching me that i don't have pretty eyes right yes i had the good hair my cousins didn't it's toxic there's no Mm -hmm. way around it i was conditioned to think because i had curly hair you guys know this because you grew up in the 2000s everyone was straightening their hair like everyone you know like (laughs) curly was not good there was no like we grew up in a very interesting time because i feel like it was so extreme everyone was striving to have that heroin chic look and that eating disorders fucking bleaching of skin if you're not this way then you're not in yeah Yeah. slowly i saw you know people especially in like the lgbtq community i think that conversation just became bigger um, mm-hmm. where kids in high school weren't afraid to say they were gay. You know, like, I grew up in a time where that, you know, you... You did not. It was, that was social suicide. Yeah. You did not. And, like, I don't think Oof. I had a friend that was out until my senior year in school, which even then, it was fucking wild. You know what I mean? Like, it was... Right. You know, I started seeing that people in schools were being more comfortable. It was being more accepted. The conversation started... Then the love yourself fat mm-hmm. shaming. Then the curly hair movement, you know, like this is my natural hair. And that's a beautiful fucking mu- movement. I love that so much. I wish that movement had been around. I mean, obviously, you know, I yes. just, like shave my head now. But when I had very long curly hair, like yes. growing up, my mom would be like, oh, it's ugly. Oh, you have to straighten it. Oh, da, da, yes. da. Um, and I had like the bad hair, quote unquote, of the family because like my cousins got straight hair and I got the curly hair and I got the yes. kinky hair and I got the ugly hair and People would call yeah. it nap. Mm-hmm. Nappy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like horrible, horrible. Yeah. It wasn't until college that I stopped straightening my hair. I was like, fuck y'all. Like, I'm going to do my own yeah. thing. That's also like when I felt comfortable coming out. I love yeah. to see we want to more acceptance more. in the world. And I want, I'm ready for the next movement. You know, I'm ready to see like, okay, like what's coming next. And that is kind of the glimmer of hope that I personally hold on to when I see yeah. like, the world on fucking fire like this i'm like i know that things are bad right now but there are movements there will there be are change. movements and it is refreshing because again if you guys just really look back to like what we grew up in it is mm-hmm. different there is still a lot to be changed but it is different but like to kind of touch on what you were saying caro you know i love my mom more than anything but she yeah. did not know how to manage my hair so yeah. will I ever have children? I don't know. I might have cats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to have cats. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, look around. If I did ever have. I'm going to have um, either. <laughs> but if I ever had children, like the thing that I want to make sure I do for them 
is until they are old enough to ask me for things like mom I want to straighten my hair until they can make those decisions for themselves and they understand why they are doing those things Mm -hmm. I'm not going to straighten my daughter's hair or son or whoever you know whomever you know my mom put chemicals in my hair to make it more relaxed and stuff like that and I'm not mad at my mom she is also a product of the time that she grew up in. You know, my mom had curly hair and then she straightened it. You know, she grew up in a time that my hair was not desirable or it was becoming unfashionable. You know, you can even look at like what was considered professional hair back then, you know, for school photos, our hair was always straightened. Yep. It's a, it's like yep. in, it's in dress codes. Like, yeah, it's yeah. straight up. Yeah, straight up. There was a story earlier this year, maybe late 2019, with that wrestler. One of these kids that was in like a high school wrestling team, and I'm sorry, I don't have all the facts in front of me, but he had dreadlocks. And the ref was like, he can't fight because of his dreadlocks. And it wasn't oh like God. long, dre- you know, they weren't in the way. Like, they're, if Kyle over there has spikes, it's like that kind of. <laughs> Whatever. This kid, and bless him, but he didn't fucking need to do this. This shouldn't even have been a thing. But he just cuts <laughs> off his dreads right there so he can just participate. God. It's fucking awful. That's an extreme, but it's a fucking symbol that, like, the conversation about my hair is a large one. Yes. Yeah. I would be lying if I said, oh, I feel completely like myself with my curly hair all the time. Sometimes a bitch likes to change up her look. But mm-hmm. it's to this day that, like, I will look before a job interview or before I meet professionals. I'm like, oh, should I straighten my hair? Because, you know, I feel yeah. like people yeah. take me more seriously with my hair straight. And that's ridiculous. And that's fucked. Let's talk about it. Like, that's yeah, ridiculous. That yeah. Hair has so much power. Yeah. It's such a part of your identity, and people, like, don't even necessarily think about it. And it's yeah. so fucked to me that, like, professionalism has anything to do with curly hair. Like, the fact yeah. that you need to have generally white features or hair texture or whatever to be considered professional is the most fucked up thing. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Oh my god. Like you by virtue of what you look like and things you can't control are somehow unprofessional or like exactly. not suited for power. Yeah. Personally for me, I don't care if someone has pink hair, blah blah blah. But that's like a conversation of a choice. You are born with your hair. You know, like you were yeah. Just, yeah. It's and like because I had chemicals put in my hair too. That shit's yeah. dangerous. It smells it's not you don't good. know the long term effects. Exactly. And, um, especially if you're doing that like regularly or using any kind of hair relaxer or hair straightener or whatever like even just an iron like you are damaging your hair you're damaging your scalp you're damaging your natural beauty and for what for what you can look white basically (laughs) like i don't have a lot of like oh i wish i can go back and change this because ultimately it made me who i am today but you know younger high school middle school me yo i wasted so much time straightening my hair that Mm. like that could have been time spent reading (laughs) time spent literally doing anything else but no I was just like so in my head that I had to look this certain way it all connects to the emo (laughs) 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 emo is just your soul (laughs) well you reclaimed it I mean like you're like if I'm gonna have to straighten my hair like I'm gonna do it the way that I want to exactly so the list that I made having more representation in that scene Maybe some other kid that likes the music that I like won't feel like they have to look a certain way now. They're just like, that's someone, and I, I see myself in that person. And I hope. I can only hope. That said, I guess 
the next educational piece that I want to make is revolving around hair because it is something that it's a touchy subject for me. Cause like even oh, yeah. people reaching out to me, like, I am so happy that you don't straighten your hair anymore and blah, blah, blah. And you learn to love your hair. And it's one of those things where I know people mean well, but I do get that slide in the DM. Nothing that I was like, Oh, look at my curly hair. It's just like who the fuck I am. Yeah. Just like, here's a picture of me today. Yeah. yeah. It's not a statement is what I'm trying to say. But it's wild because hair is a statement. So I educated myself on the history of black hair. And I learned, you know, why, you know, certain women will like wear uh, head wraps and things like that. And why, you know, white women shouldn't be wearing box braids and things like that. Because for a long time, I was like, you know, I understand where the anger is coming from, but I don't understand like being like aggressive about it. But now I'm like, you know, I understand more. Like I understand there was laws put in place about black women's hair. Jesus Christ. Yes. Again, I- I'm sorry. I don't have all the facts right in front of me, but during the slave era, um, there was a law put in place because all these white plantation owners were, you know, sleeping around with slaves with certain hairstyles the wives of these plantation owners made it so that they couldn't showcase their hair they were like this is what's attracting the men not because they're fucking uh, monsters um so oh gosh what is that law call ask me questions i'm gonna pull that up (laughs) yes that is i did not know that is fucking wild yeah jen yes (laughs) first of all i just want to like thank you yeah, for this is an amazing yeah. conversation sitting down oh, and oh like God. having this conversation with us and i do have um one more question of course so my question is you know because we are in a nightmarish world right now yeah. um it's a big ass question yeah, um, but <laughs> what you want the world to be or to look like after this like what are your what are your hopes for the world and your work yeah. And that's an open-ended question. Like, you don't have to get super into it because I know that's a very like, difficult question. Yeah. Yeah. Just giving you the floor. Well, wow. What I hope, you know, what the world looks like is that we do see a lessening of this fucking police state that we're in. I can't say it any nicer. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. It's our time, I guess. It's something that gives me hope. You know, we have the power to vote we have Mm. the money to donate to things where as a kid if this was happening you know i could share some things on social media blah 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 blah. whoever's listening you can always make a change you can always educate yourself you can educate family members because we all have that family member who doesn't quite get it or maybe is you know oh yeah yeah shouting all lives matter and you know like there are people to be reached And I think the thing that I, other than, you know, again, the eventual dismantling of the police, I want the conversations to keep happening and I want questions to be asked and I want people to realize the privileges they have and try to do right. You have the authority and power to make change and help other people Then I hope you can. And I just want this world to be more inclusive and, you know, just more willing to listen to voices that they might have not otherwise listened to because you know oh they're from the city and or they're from you know the countryside and it's something that I, I've had to humble myself to too it's like this notion that because I lived in New York I'm better than the south and it's like that's not true at all um, mm-hmm. many a brilliant people have come from the south and 
at the core of it all, a lot of the movement started there. And it's not just us against them. It's us. Mm. Yeah. Including people of color and black people into the discussions more than we ever have been. I'm not talking about tokens. I'm not talking about, well, Jenny's a black person of color. She gets all the black people of color shows and like you know like yeah you know what I mean that's happened where it's like I am the blackest voice in the room sometimes and that should never be you know I am not Mm -hmm. the be all say all to all things black what is offensive what isn't offensive we need more people of color especially in the design and art world you see Gucci design something with blackface on it and you're like how did anyone allow that to happen right yeah it's because there's not enough people of color flagging this stuff. Maybe there was somebody in the room, but it wasn't enough. We need more inclusion. Specifically for me, I want to, the motion world, the world that I love dearly, and the world that I eventually want to get into, which is more stage graphics eventually, or, you know, live graphics. Eventually, I want to get into like just bigger, bigger projects than social media could ever really offer me. But mm-hmm. that world, is a boys club not only is it a boys club it's a white boys mm. club mm, yeah i feel that about the video game industry <laughs> yes you can talk about the video game industry you can talk about oh. pretty much any creative field you know scott had more girls or women or people who identify as women and contracts to the male population there are more women but when you get out into the creative world like the real world you notice that like yeah we're here but we're kind of sidelined we don't have an art director position. We don't have, you know, we're just kind of cogs in this big mm-hmm. machine when we should be valued as essential team members. And again, that's not to say like all studios are like that. There are, I, there's a handful of studios I would love to one day shout out that I think are doing a wonderful job. But I know, you know, inherently this is still a boy's world, a white boy's yeah. world. Mm-hmm. It's a Kyle world. It's a Kyle world. <laughs> and Totally Kyle. I want to show those Kyles I can chug a Red Bull, too. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, y'all thought. On my best days, I am one of the hardest working, fucking ballsy. I am what you want on your team. You just got to fucking allow me Mm -hmm. to be that for that team. Amen. Yes. Yeah. I remember. Oh, my God. You, like, never stopped working when we lived together. I was, like, to the point where I was, like, Jen. Jen. Jen, you're gonna die. (laughs) Like, you're literally gonna die. Everyone thought I was gonna die at one point, but I'm I'm better. No, but um, I'm passionate. And again, there's so many other people that are passionate like me, who look like me, who just need that chance. And it can't always go to a Kyle. If you're a person empowering, you see something. If you notice a meeting where they're not talking to the females. Or, like, I've been in meetings where the only other Black employee is told to settle down for just making a point that his white... Yeah, like, that someone else made. And that wasn't, you know, now he's aggressive. So... I guess in a problematic way, and this, if you're in New York, you'll chuckle. If you see something, say something. Yeah. Right. This is, when, this is when your allyship matters. Is like, hey, I noticed so-and-so voice was not. Try to include more voices. Try mm-hmm. to come up with a solution. If you know a freelancer budget, you know, you see their portfolio and they're not charging what they probably should, 
maybe as a white ally, you could be like, you deserve more because people of color and black people inherently undersell themselves because Mm -hmm. we are conditioned to feel like we are less valuable or, you know, like we just want to get our foot in the door, you know, like, right. And that's just not fair. At the end of the day, it is a business, but if you're going to be posting, if you're going to be going to protest, if you're going to make these statements, then you need to be aware of it in your day-to-day life is what I'm trying to say, especially in the creative field, especially yeah. in any field, but I know creatives are listening to this. And in any position of power. Yes. If you are an ally in a position of power, like fucking use your power, like yes. come on, like <laughs> To just kind of put a period here is that I'm not looking for the token either. Like, again, like, it's one of these conversations that I've had with other Black designers and animators. What happens when this isn't trending anymore? And, you know, like, everyone right now is Mm -hmm. looking for a Black designer. Everyone is looking for, oh, we want to highlight Black artists. And it's great. But will you still have the same energy in 2021 and 2022 years after this? Because that's when it's going to matter, when it's not trending anymore. Yeah, when it's 2030, what are you going to be? Like, what are you going to stand for? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you going to help in 2030? Exactly. I guess that's pretty much it. We might cut this. Um, I'm about to burp. (laughs) Go 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 for for it. it. I've burped on this podcast and, like, not even cut it. (laughs) I feel like it's, like, some Linkin Park, like, I'm about to break. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to burp. I'm about to burp. I also did find um, the law. It's called the, Mm -hmm. we were talking about hair wrapping and how in 1700s, there was a law placed for black women to wrap their hair up. Tiganon laws, T-I-G-N-O-N. But yeah, it forced black women in Louisiana to wear head wraps because they felt men were going crazy over black women's hair. Not that they shouldn't. (laughs) You will appreciate the black woman. You You should. Uh, We're fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm going to make a post about that. But when that is done, I will let you guys know about that. Please do. Um, Yeah, awesome. I just wanted to ask if there were any causes or organizations that you love and would suggest donating to. So the organization I want to shout out today is For the Girls. It's actually spelled G-W-O-R-L. S, which is an organization that was started by a dear old co-worker of mine. Her name is Asani. And it's for Black trans women who need funding, who need places to stay and to like, especially during this time, there's a lot of mm-hmm. women and especially Black trans women, you know, who the community as a whole is suffering. You know, we can talk about how Black trans women are not featured in the media like they should be. You know, we have all these terrible things happening in that community. So mm-hmm. Asani has created a safe space for people to donate money to help these women get to somewhere safe, to get safe rides, to educate the communities, and yeah, really kickstart that conversation. So I encourage everyone to really check that out. Yeah, for the girls. Not so much an organization, but just something I think everyone needs to just kind of be aware about is... Uh, Justice for Julius. Justice for Julius is about this man in Oklahoma. Uh, He is on death row and despite maintaining his innocence and there's compelling evidence that shows that, you know, he was not at the scene of the crime. You know, um, he does not match the descriptions. People have later come out saying, oh yeah, we just kind of booked some guy. He is on death row. There is links, there are petitions. You can educate yourself on the matter. I'm not saying to think without doing your research. 
but I think this is a cause that is something that we need to be talking about and that needs to have more light shined on it. So that's that. That's Absolutely. amazing. Thank you, Jenna. Yeah, of course. And I just wanted to ask, where can we find you on social media? What are your handles, girl? So you can find me over at Estrogen Art, which is E-S-T-R-O-J-E-N Art. And that's where you'll find all my design work, my illustrations and motion projects. And if you go there, because I'm going to just direct you guys there, you will see a link to my personal account where I will post photos, cinematography work, just what I'm up to for today, information about Black Lives Matter and things going on in New York City and upstate New York. You can find there. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jen. This yes. has literally been so fucking amazing. Like, Hell yeah. I I'm feel ha- like every time we have these conversations, like I learned so much. Same oh. here. I'm ha- I'm so happy I was a part of this. There's so much to say. And again, I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface on the yeah. things. It's not your responsibility. You don't have to say it all. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you don't have to say it all. But if you ever want to come back, yes. we're here. Yes. Amen. Yeah. If you guys yeah. want me to come back, chat again, I hope to do that. And I can't wait to do that again with you guys. So, yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank of you course, so, Jen. so, so, so You're much. The best. Oh, You're thanks. the best. <laughs> all right, guys. This has been Brainstorm, an art and creativity podcast. Thank you so much, dear listeners. Please check out Jen's art. It's amazing. Yeah. And we will have her handles and all of her links in the description for your convenience. 100%. And yes, thank you again, Jen. I hope you guys found that informative, you know, especially if you haven't had the bravery or the wherewithal to have these conversations yourself. I think it's super valuable to learn directly from our friends' voices. So thanks again, Jen. Of course. All right. Okay. Wow. Damn. Damn. I hope that wasn't as big. Oh god, I hope I did okay, guys. I'm like, oh, you, you totally did amazing. Did. You fucking killed it. Yeah, you fucking oh slayed it. Oh, that god. was so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm happy. I'm really happy.